the pandemic, social unrest, the state house, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, listen, if you're in an accident and with all the snow and ice, maybe someone you know was in an accident yesterday or today or who knows with uh, this time of year. If you're ever in an accident anytime, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an accident maybe earlier today? or yesterday, or last night, someone you know, someone you work with, have them call West Fountain Auto Body. I suggest you get your car repaired by West Fountain Auto Body. 401-272-3340. Call them, 272-3340. Located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. It's West Fountain Auto Body. They'll repair your vehicle. Showroom-like condition, you can depend on West Fountain Auto Body. Four words, when you're in an accident, call West Fountain Auto Body or tell the tow truck to bring your vehicle to West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340. It's John DePietro. Remember, you can uh, visit the website, dePietro.com. I want to um, play for you someone who I think, and just to back this up, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the um, congresswoman from New York, the Bronx, this is now, this is uh, her second term in office. She um, she was critical of Senator Ted Cruz and said, which was foolish, that he tried to have me murdered. Well, that was ridiculous. Uh, Ted Cruz had nothing to do with that for him. First of all, he was on the floor saying, you know, let's have a conversation about what happened with the election. That is not. So he started to hit back at her. And then there were a number of people saying she owed him an apology. That's where it kind of left at the end of last week. So her and her crew... They had all weekend to think about it and try to develop a plan. And the plan they came up with is she's not used to criticism. She doesn't like criticism. And she's decided to make an example out of Senator Ted Cruz, who they were going back and forth on Twitter. And her way to do that is to make herself the ultimate victim, not just a victim, the ultimate victim. And the media is going right along with this. Instead of this is the first time, it's been almost a month since she was at the Capitol on January 6th. So she's had some time, but this is really to set an example that she feels she inoculates herself. You're not going to attack me because I'm a victim and you can't attack a victim. And I should be told that I'm brave. And and from now on, I'm going to set up barriers that no one will attack me because she gets upset when they start criticizing her. And she sees all of that. See, it's with her, it's all about online. And online, she's been criticized. So you want to come up with a scenario to fend off any type of attacks. And the way you do that, in her mind, is you become a victim. But she has to up the game. Not only does she give this dramatic story of what happened at the Capitol, where she said, "People, someone, I heard a voice banging on the door, and I'll play, and saying, where is she, where is she? And she gives it like it's the protesters. No, it turned out it was the Capitol Police. Now, most people, you could say, I came home and the door was open and and I was wondering what happened. And then I realized, oh, you know, a member of my family got home ahead of me and that's what it was. But, but she's crying. And then she unveils out of nowhere that she was, she claims she's a survivor of sexual assault. She's never mentioned this before. She even says to her friends, uh, many of you probably don't even know this story, but survivor of sexual assault doesn't give any of the details. Of course, you have to believe her, right? Immediately, she's a victim. And now she's trying to say Ted Cruz and Josh, Senator Hawley, they need to resign because they remind me of the abusers. So suddenly, when she was in the bathroom at the Capitol, she was having flashbacks to when she was a sexual assault survivor, supposedly, with no other details. It's it's immature. It's irresponsible. It is. This is gasoline on the fire. She should not have the platform she has. But the media's not even pushing back the way she starts her big diatribe. This is AOC. Um, so 
you know, that's first things first is that thanks for your patience as I try to communicate this story to you in advance. Um, secondly, you know, I think it's important for me to say that my story is one of many stories of what happened in the Capitol. Um, there were food service workers Listen to this. There were that were afraid for their, their lives. There were custodial workers that had to clean up after the just wreckage of white supremacists. And many of those workers were black and brown and immigrant, um, then put in through the experience of having to clean up, clean up for white supremacists, um, clean up after the mess of white supremacists. Um, there were other members of Congress. There were staffers. There were children. First of all, there were no children there. I want to um, just stop the tape. First of all, there were no children there. That's not true. Do you hear the way she's framing that? So anyone that was at the Capitol that day, it was white supremacists. This was like the Klan were taking over. Folks, it's completely untrue. Maybe sprinkled within the crowd. Maybe most of the people, actually most of the people there were peaceful protesters. The media doesn't even push back on that. Black and brown people had to clean up after the white supremacists. Like now that's just an accepted fact. This is her way to alter the story. This is her way to thrust herself in the story. This is when she sees people, they're crying and she's crying and hugging her and she's brave. And this is someone who is so desperate to thrust themselves in the center of attention. And the media doesn't even push back on it. You know, this morning on the Today Show, they played the clip. Of then later on, she's saying, and they were banging on the door, and where is she, where is she? And they don't even then play the part where she says, now, it turned out, I found out that it was a Capitol Police officer. But that's not enough for AOC. She has to say, but the way he was acting, I don't, instead of just saying, you know, so I was upset over nothing, it turned out the person that was saying, where is she, where is she, was a security person who wanted to make sure that I was safe. No, she has to say, I wasn't sure if he was there to protect me or hurt me. Instead of saying, so it turned out I was wrong. I was being fearful for no reason because it turned out that instead he was there to protect me. But that's just not the way she operates. She is immature. She wants to be the ultimate victim. This is the land they live in. But the larger picture is she is setting up a very strong high fence and the media is going right along. No one is going to criticize her. She is beyond reproach. Right. That's the way she wants it to be. She feels she has inoculated herself against any form of criticism because you know why? Because she's a survivor. She's not just a survivor of the white supremacist at the Capitol. She's a, a unknown, no details, when, where, who, what happened, sexual assault. What does that mean? Does that mean she was dancing with a guy and he put his hand, hand on her, meaning just like on her whatever, on her behind? I mean, no details. Was she walking through somewhere and someone touched her shoulder and said, hey, you know, you look hot or whatever. In her mind, that, that could constitute. See, there's no boundaries with them. That could be sexual assault. When they say someone was assaulted, that's if uh, their idea of someone assaulted is if someone said, you know, hey, screw you. Like, that's her idea. Of, I was just assaulted. So you don't know where it goes. All right. We're going to have a lot more on this. I'll play more of the sound. It's right here on the John DePietro show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 
336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system. The energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates of the market. And they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L. is Cary Factory Authorized Dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, J.K.L.'s reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved national grid BPI installer. J.K.L. is also a Navian certified factory dealer called J.K.L. System replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401-351-7600. JKL, they'll do it right the first time. Now call them. You don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system. What if it starts to get really cold? Call JKL right now. Free quote, free estimate. Estimates are free. Financing is available. 401-351-7600. Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering. 401-351-7600. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2 a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. And it's time for DePietro Debate. I have uh, several siblings. One of them happens to be a uh, writer columnist for the Sun Chronicle. Her name is Donna Perry. And DJ, I want to start off with, I thought it was just such an interesting uh, report. Tara Palmieri works for Politico. She goes out to cover in Wyoming where they're having a rally against Liz Cheney, who voted in favor of, um, <clears throat> in favor of impeachment against the president. Now, keep in mind, daughter of the former vice president, Dick Cheney, and... You know, then there's uh, the the basic mood in Washington in the Beltway was, well, you know, she's got the support of her father. She's got the support of uh, President Bush, 43. And, yep. you know, she's in firm ground. I, I thought and I had sent it to you, Tara Palmer found a completely different atmosphere on the ground in Wyoming. Yep. And good to be with you, J.D. Um, you know what that shows you. Uh, what it shows me is there is this wide gulf between what the reporters that are always DC based, what they view as what is going on with the parties and with the Republican party and what is what they say, you know, what, as we call it, what is really happening out on the ground. And I was John, I have to say myself, I was actually stunned mm. at, at her very good report and, and, you know, it, it just shows you that the Trump effect, if it hasn't already been overly talked about, it, it's just monumental. And, and it was striking to me to see in Wyoming where, let's face it, someone like the Cheney family, that, that would be like the Kennedys of Massachusetts almost. Yes. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they have been the force in their state. They only have one rep seat because of the population size. You know, he was the vice president to Bush and also had been, uh, I think, a highly regarded defense secretary, you know, during um, um, the Gulf entanglements for the U.S. and all that stuff. That was Dick Cheney. This is his daughter. And the fact that um, someone like a Matt Gates, who's not from, you know, his big Florida rep now, but like the fact that they can go in there and have such an impact and, and Tara's 
reporting that was what's striking to me that she could almost not find almost right. anyone <laughs> had to leave the rally went to a hardware store still trying to find you know that that is striking um to me that they no one would say oh well you know we were cheney people first and okay trump came along that was not i mean what she found at not all close. and then that shows you if that's just there john like we said just to wrap this up but you know what is going on in the states is it's i think it's the degree to which the trump voter feels really um that they were upended and just feels very raw negative feelings about you know what happened and where we are now do you think in some way maybe at the time when when she announced and she you know I'm going to vote and she did vote for impeachment that it was almost seen as that she was representing how a lot of collective people felt when, when now you step back and you wonder, or I do, if um, maybe she was influenced by her father and almost felt loyalty to George W. Bush. But she is not in touch because that the report of, you know, the people, they still feel that he was treated unfairly. The fact I thought it was also really interesting. She said, you know, I think the base is getting stronger. The fact he's been out of the limelight has yeah. almost like a martyr feel to it. And, and and as much as trying to be dismissed, she was, I thought, pretty adamant. And I, and I think that's going to be so important in the fact that she even said there is a disconnect between yes. what you guys think in Washington and what's really going on here out in America. Well, that's right. And you and I have talked about this. I've tried to write about this, John. There's a yes. complete disconnect. Um, yep. People who backed Trump, by the way, he, something lost in all this. You know, this is not a... Um, thing of where they want to say let's be honest okay a caricature is taking place so based on the rampage of january 6th it's turning you know that there is obviously many high placed members of the media that are just thrilled to be able to make a caricature and say a trump voter is like this raging uh they yeah. want to say everyone's a racist and now you're a terrorist so That's like right. we we see where this narrative is going and and in this case, I think that to the reporter's credit, you know, you go out in the field and you go out in a state and you see the regular responsible guy that, like she said, owns the hardware store right. uh, and the guy that owns, you know, or works in the credit union down the street. And, and you know, people who've raised families there for seven generations. These do these people look like, you know, terrorists to you? Do they are they all white supremacists? No, they're not. And so. What's always been lost to the Washington media, people saw in Trump, I, I've written about this, to some people, he was a jobs president. He right. spoke in a way that you can understand. He didn't right. get tangled in bureaucratic layers. And, and people, by the way, they liked that, you know what, he criticized all the layers of the bureaucracy because he saw, in some ways, you can't move and get anything done. Because, you know, he he re, he bristled at the whole thing of you have to check with 50 department heads, you know, to do two things. So um, I know, however, the rule in politics is when you have these other glaring things in front of you, unfortunately, you get to this point. Um, and that's kind of where the fracture point, in my view, though, where the party is today, February, you know, two or whatever, that's a fracture point now. Um, and, and, this, and, you know, things that went up a notch, and I'm sure we'll talk about it with where McConnell has now weighed in. Touch on the piece in the Wall Street Journal about the dangers of how they're going after the protesters from January 6th. Yeah, um, that was just a couple of days ago. Um, Daniel Henninger, he's a, you know, one of the great editorial writers. I tweeted yes. about this. Like, the thing is... Um, and he, I loved that piece. He said, Joe Biden is going to have what he calls a rule of law problem in this country. And what he's talking about is what we're seeing is the people who, yes, that was a rampage into the Capitol. But, John, in the beginning, they had a lawful permit to protest as, yes, as goes absolutely. on pretty much as you and I know. It goes on right. like every day in Washington. Right. You've done oh a lot God. of coverage there. That's yeah. what the city. Okay. Oh. 
So a lot of that is lost on people. Stop the steal. You can call it anything you want. That's not unlawful. And they were there and they had a permit. Okay. So then we know that the rest is history. But what he's saying is the nature of them going into the Capitol building, especially with the constitutional, you know, act going on. They're now, these people are going to be put up, uh, they're being prosecuted on major federal felonies. Um, And he drew a parallel and said, as we all know, wild, violent, unlawful protests we saw before our TV screens for three, four months last summer, fall. Six months. Yeah. And and they said the majority of anyone connected to the Black Lives Matter protests faced misdemeanors, which is a slap on the wrist, which is nothing. And, you know, which is a half an hour in a courtroom. So, you know, I guess what he's saying, though, the larger point is a lot of the protesters, which the Democratic Party ignored or worse, felt they had a right to rampage through the streets because they said, well, they're fighting an unjust system. Excuse me. Um, And now you could say. Other groups could say we saw what we believe to be um, a rigged system in the election system. So, you know, if you're going to go down the line and say it's okay, for a penny, you're in for a pound. Right. Like it's okay to destroy half a city because you're you think the system is unjust. And this other group thinks the system is unjust. Many people probably felt. The entire presidency was unjust to Trump. I'm just saying that. I don't 100% agree with that, but they could feel that way. So in other words, what Henninger's point is very critical, and he's saying you're going to have mob protest style on both sides, John. We know things happen. Things are going to happen. There's going to be another contentious police arrest. That just happens. So what are you going to do? Are you going to say, well, if there's mob protest violence uh we we allow it on this side but if it's the other side you know you're going to like federal prison for 20 years you're going to have wow. more mob protests yes yeah one last comment on that uh tara palmieri thing was it was nicole waller was the one uh talking to her she was on a couple different shows but one of the things she even asked her was did you do you, you feel safe when you were there now the reporter took it as Oh, meaning COVID. Well, a lot of people weren't wearing masks. We were outside. Right. But see, I took it a different way. I think she was trying to any time now that you're going to hear about Trump supporters, Republicans gathering, they're going to have to start to have these overtones of, well, as we know, as we saw in the six, they can be a dangerous crowd. Yes. So that's how I I took it. Now, the reporter didn't take it that way. And then the person that asked it didn't like follow up and say, well, that's not what I meant. But that's how I took it about the, the safety thing. Um, a lot more. We're going to take a quick break. Donna Perry, Sun Chronicle columnist writer, right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, Free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This winter... 
you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil. Make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401-521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200 this winter. I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. We're speaking with Donna Perry, columnist for the Sun Chronicle. DJ, I just want to jump in immediately on this AOC thing. Because I, I am just, number one, I'm disgusted the way the media is treating the story. But number two, <clears throat> I think her, she went on Instagram last night. She did this big rambling thing. And just to back up for a bit, she started to make accusations that Ted Cruz was trying to have her murdered. Well, Ted Cruz and some other people started to strike back saying, you know, you owe them an apology. Yeah. That is ridiculous to say because you were in the Capitol and they were objecting to the election. That, that they were trying to get you murdered. Well, she has now completely <clears throat> flipped this. First of all, she starts off this long thing that the media is eating up and Brian Williams running it last night. Boy, this is compelling because it was last night. It was on Monday night. Yeah. And uh, first she says, you know, it was all white supremacists in the building. And it was very painful for the, the custodial people, the black and brown people. They had to clean up after these white supremacists. But then she goes on to this dramatic story and she's crying and she was hiding in the bathroom and she could hear this voice yelling, where is she? Where is she? It turns out it was a Capitol Police officer. They want to make sure she was safe. She then throws out that she was sexually assaulted. No details, but just some time. Now she's a survivor. They are eating this up. Now, to me, this is once again, it's I'm a victim. You, Ted Cruz and, jo- and the Republic, you can't attack me because I am a survivor this comes out of nowhere. Uh, now it's all white supremacists who are trying to attack her. She's having the, I mean, what, what is your reaction? And and yeah. see one last thing as the today show, they show her saying, and they're banging the door. Where is she? They cut away from that. They don't even mention that it was a Capitol police officer looking for her to make sure that she was safe in her office. But what do you make of this whole yeah. AOC thing now with uh, Ted Cruz and the Republican party? Well, like what she is doing, John, is equally dangerous rhetoric. Yes. It's dangerous, inflammatory rhetoric, first of all. Just the same as is being accused that is coming out of pockets of the other side, by the way. So, you know, when they and the media has talked, has done this for years about, well, Trump and inflammatory rhetoric, what she did Monday night is just taking this up like a hundred notches. Yeah. I think it was, I'm sorry. Um, you know, she, it's, she's now going to be like on a pedestal, like yes. she's Joan she's of, a survivor. she's Joan of Arc. And, um, yep. and I think for her to combine, here's where I come down on this, for her to combine this very personal, um, you know, very private traumatic incident with the capital um, you know, situation and very intentional on her part, you know, yes. so here's what she's trying to rope in, which I think is terrible and talk about this is not helpful toward, you know, sort of calming anything down. So she is throwing in that she herself was sexually assaulted. She's hiding in a bathroom and she, as you say now, is sort of either misrepresenting the voice of someone saying, where is she? Where is she? 
Um, and, and it all unfolded last night. By the way, that's I had not even gotten as far as to learn what you're just saying. And and that shows you where people who aren't paying attention to every word or the Instagram, it, you know, they're going to say it just happened. Right. It just happened. And the media is going through. But I'll just say this. I And I do want to touch on other things. And again, folks, we're with Donna Perry at the Sun Chronicle. But the thing about this to me is. She's had all weekend, late last week, yep. the weekend to stew. What are we going to do about this? This, to me, if you want to be objective, this is sending a message to – they're going to make an example out of Ted Cruz. She's saying Ted Cruz is the abuser. Ted Cruz yep. is the type of – you know, by the end of this, Ted Cruz is basically, you know, the equivalent of the sex person. She claims she was sexually assaulted. She never gives any details about it, when it happened, who knows when it happened. Nothing about that, but, um, but just – there's no pushback on her saying these were white supremacists that entered the building. She's hiding in the bathroom and she's having flashbacks to when she was sexually. I mean, it's so over the top. But the real end game here yeah. is to make an example out of Ted Cruz. Like, how dare you criticize me because I am a survivor. And now she feels she's inoculated. And John, her. right. And just to, to pin it up, <clears throat> to, to finish it up, I recall she she has used. She's alluded to this stuff when she she Always. accused yeah. that other guy. And I I recall saying either she something had happened to her or she's always sort of inti- intimating something happened to her because she would yeah. she would talk about this violent language that, you know, males and white men are using toward her. She's she talked like that on the floor of the house. Of, I don't know, a year yes. or two ago. Um, But you're right. In the context of the trial coming up, let's remember everything in my view that a lot of what these people are doing, John, is they're trying to gin it up in in, ahead of February 9. And so she is really I think it is out of line to try to equate the Ted Cruz almost like is in a, you know, to give an impression he would be he's capable of being like a sexual predator. Yes, that's that's, the direction they're going on this. Yeah. Now, Donna Perry, also, what is your thought that Black Lives Matter apparently nominated Nobel Peace Prize? I mean, yeah, <laughs> and and Stacey Abrams all on the same. Yes. Day. Well, you know, uh, with all the news that goes on, it, it's like a, this is like a sidelight, but it, it's the full politicization of what was at one time, um, you know, a notable global award. Um, I remember that, you know, the Obama was given, was named for that or something. I remember when people said he was barely in office, but you know, here's the thing about this. Um, when you talk about that movement being nominated for the Nobel peace prize, here's the deal. Like, and they're trying to equate either the movement, Stacey Abrams with Martin Luther King, John, let's understand and remember what what made Martin Luther King, who was, of course, a transformative figure at by, you know, completely and and really he, you know, gave birth to the civil rights movement, which changed America and to his credit. And this is what made him remarkable. The mark of what he tried to do was nonviolent protest. That's, That's right. the whole point of what he did. He showed that in numbers. Of course, many of those, you know, things ended up in wild mel- melees, but it, they weren't like instigated. We remember, you know, that was a different time of the law enforcement and how they reacted to that. But my point is to to equate what he did and what his his stance of nonviolent resistance. This is a hallmark of a lot of what he did. That is not what we saw with mm. Black Lives Matter and the in-your-face violent, like, let's go kill the cop now because we have a grievance over the other thing. That yes. I, I just would question, you know, that, that they're going to do that. And by the way, Stacey Abrams, who I think um, she is an image builder also. So she has like yes. a PR team, I, I believe, obviously. Uh, who elevates her and they're looking for these kind of, you know, high profile notoriety. And so for her to be almost enshrined as the level of what King did with civil rights when black Americans did not have uh, easy uh, access to vote. Let, let's remember. But, John, 2021 is not 1968 in this country right. <laughs> and, yes. and like not by a long shot. So. You know, the fact that she is sort of being, you know, carried on this pedestal that, you know, she's creating fair voting 
as if it's 50 years ago. I don't know. I mean, I think that it's um, the fact that this the Nobel Peace Prize now is is kind of turning into this very political exercise. Um, it, that's different from what it used to stand for. And as you know, Stacey Abrams, she she would not concede that governor's race. Right. She kept complaining about the vote. Uh, uh, you know, that was seemingly OK. But then when it's Trump and the Republicans, it's like, hey, move along here. There's nothing to see. And you just got to accept the defeat. I mean, complete hypocrisy. Donna and Perry. carried along, of course, by the national media. That, yes. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Now, before we go to a break, touch on your column. New month, but kind of same <laughs> type of thing. Uh, that's going on because I think it is it's right on the money with what's going on well thanks you know and I had folks we speak with Donna Perry of the Sun Chronicle switch the headline around it was kind of a Groundhog Day theme because you know what I see is first of all you still have it's almost like two presidents vying in the spotlight um you know, which I don't know how the Biden team likes the fact that in a way it always comes back to Trump. And and what I also talked about was we have a press, John, that, you know, they are not really covering Biden with any great seriousness. He has introduced almost no. whatever it is, 40 executive orders. Um, and it's all about the checklist to please, you know, what the progressives wanted, whether it's the Keystone Pipeline um, and everyone thought he canceled that. OK, good. Well, I'm not sure that's so good for the future of, by the way, New England, the Northeast. Many yes. people have, have talked about this and covered that. Um, maybe solar and wind are going to fill the gap when you don't have massive, um, you know, refined oil pipelines going out into the country to power us up for energy and heat and everything. But you know what? Maybe they maybe wind and solar are not going to be adequate. Well, to me, journalists need to remember that they're actually journalists and not on the PR staff. Um, and they need to be asked some of those questions. And other things I talked about a little bit in the column where I feel it's Groundhog Day is, you know, we're we're now going to go to the press is now has a new opportunity to just be chasing Trump. And we're talking about in-person learning still a year into the pandemic, um, which is unfortunate, but that's become you because you still have these very resistant teachers unions and they're not putting kids first. Um, and so, you know, the, all of this stuff is, um, it just seems like here we are a year later and we still have these same fights. Um, and, you know, like, chasing Trump for his misdeeds, which is what the media really prefers to do than cover Biden, John. That's part of my point. Um, you know, that that's where we are. And they're <clears throat> kind of getting ready to uh, sharpen up for the coming week. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401-305-3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health because, folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, one to understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible acai berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, because remember, it's your health. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health. We're speaking with Donna Perry, columnist for the Sun Chronicle. Our segment, folks, is the Petro Debate. And DJ, speaking of um, the teachers' unions, I mean, it is amazing. California governor and unions clash over school openings. How about in Chicago? Yep. 
you have the teachers unions refusing to go back. And the Washington Post was writing a lot of uh, op-eds that in Virginia, the teachers received the vaccine and they were still refusing to go back. Well, this is the thing. I mean, um, you are really this this showdown should tell you as much about in in a way it should tell you as much about where uh, a lot of liberals and progressives, where their heart really is versus what they try to portray. I mean, you know, when you talk about the Chicago Teachers Union, third largest district, um, they serve schools with some of the poorest children in the country, go to a lot of those public schools. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, you know, they just have one, you know, obstruction after another. Um, Mayor Lightfoot just, you know, she seems incapable of getting her arms around that. John, it, it's it's disgraceful. And you, they, you know, they've t- people have written about this. They show some of these poor little kids saying, oh, I at least had a little something to look forward to. Now we're in February. So what are they going to go back in April and then the year ends in June? That's disgraceful. And, and it's been a year already. Yeah. And I will tell you what is remarkable is um, a guy I like to follow, David Brooks, New York Times. He he made a great yep. point and then <laughs> was attacked yes. online. Now, he is what I would call a very moderate kind of Republican, conservative. But basically, right. he said, shouldn't young, vulnerable Black Lives Matter also? And he was talking mm. about these kids in these inner cities and especially Chicago. And he, he really, I think he hit a sensitive point. And he said, you know, is the mantra just a political, you know, uh, branding name or does it really matter? Because I, I just think he really hit on it just correctly. And he said, everyone who talked about follow the science, the CDC is saying and said for months, by the way, um, and I wrote about this six months ago um, when the Brown University study, they said there is no data to show school children are a high spreader situation. Um, and John, right. they will just hide behind anything. <clears throat> it, it's sinful, really. You're going to keep kids out to, for what, maybe two years? I mean, I, I just think there are yep. teachers unions in Fairfax County, Virginia. Um, and so what? Who's John? Who says they'll go back in the fall? I mean, there's the, yes, a pandemic no, can not. linger around for a while. Right. We have to get on yes. with life. We have to get on with school. Um, I think the public is going to come to actually you're going to need more forceful pushback. There could be protests to say you, you better open up this country. Um, yeah. Mm. Well, the, in Rhode Island, Pawtucket, they are still completely dis- distance learning. Ugh. And now Governor Mundo, who's been critical of that is going to be leaving soon and then incoming governor mckee said well i think it's a local issue local people should decide no no pushback there i want to touch on the new hampshire kid governor what's different about this is this wouldn't happen in rhode island because for the six years that gina ramonda was the governor it was a girls only (laughs) essay contest to be the governor but this new hampshire kid fifth grade charlie olson and there he is having a briefing and he talked about feeling stressed and lonely. Now he has plans for a fundraiser mentoring program. Donna Perry, it's something you've touched on. And that is, you know, just how cruel it is to so many of these children to be isolated and locked away and not enjoying a normal Absolutely. school experience. And that kid is just great. And you're right. You know what? A little boy can also have the spotlight too. Um, you know, it yes. doesn't have to always be this this thing um and little girls are probably very happy to see that little boy they knew and now he's the kid governor in new hampshire that this issue will deserve you know the mental health uh of children and and kids development is so attached to these to the social interaction john um any pediatrician you know who's being straightforward and honest with not afraid to make their opinion would you know would obviously um, explain that. And it, it's a real challenge to normal child development for kids to just have so much, um, not there for them. And the, and again, the social interaction, let's face it, zoom and all this stuff. That's not even great for adults in the long stretch. Um, it's cruel. And to do it to kids and think they're going to 
sit behind a screen it's it, it's fictional um and and the remote learning is just you know these are phrases john superintendents and bureaucrats just crafted up and they have these you know that that's what they're about but that little boy uh i hope everyone can catch the you know the uh, link to what he's doing um and he's just a cute kid and, and you know it's always the same true truism that you know kids will speak without spin and he's saying yes. how really and authentically it has felt for a kid to just it it's just um it's too long and i think the argument that a lot of us have made john is some of the separation of all in-person things it's also not necessary that's been my argument it's just right. not necessary to to say that there can be no gathering in person of people it, and i think no matter what's coming down the pike you know if there's going to be other viruses this country has to have a different approach than than what you know this very confusing thing and and, and heavy hand we've seen the past 13 months now Donna Perry, let's sure. touch on some media stories. One is, and again, one of my new favorite reporter, Tara Palmieri, uh, White House reporters saying the Biden team wanted their questions in advance. Can you imagine the audacity? I'm not surprised right. by it, though. But just how would someone, you know, to me, that is someone that really feels they have leverage and taking advantage. And let's let's face it, that that's insulting. To well, the White House right. And, and that's the thing. I, you're right. I like Tara Palmieri and uh, she's stepping out and kind of doing some of the stuff you don't see from the others. And Jen Psaki, they, they John, are to, to me, they're obsessed with running. A, they want to have this like almost like this huge contrast with Trump's press team at the podium. Yes. I think that's yep. a lot of what she's doing. They don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to just stand there and freewheel and get a question that's like a, a curveball, by the way. And so that's a little bit of what you'll see a White House do. Um, they, they mentioned that, yeah, if there's going to be some detailed, you know, foreign affairs question that she might not be ready at that second. Well, that's fine. You know, she can say, um, I got to check with somebody and, and get back to you. And, and that is done all the time. But um, I, I just think she... Saki in uh, this whole idea that, you know, they're going to secretly, they want to know where the questions are going to be. You know, that's all to play. So the television, the televised press briefing goes very smooth and gets very high applause. That's kind, that's a lot of what that's about. And I think, you know, it's at least you're seeing some of these media outlets and it's really these online writers who are you know, kind of these younger, aggressive kids, a Tara Palmieri and some of them, it's about time. You know, you don't you don't just do the applause like the MSNBC or CNN reporters. Um, the heat, you know, Biden is rolling along despite all the distractions going on in Capitol Hill and the guy they need to be covered. Mm -hmm. And I if you don't you know, I, I might say also that a lot of what you see from Jen Psaki um, and you're already seeing this in, in, in she has a tendency to like when the question is about a tough issue, she first wants to highlight, you know, that this is a groundbreaking appointment and say, you know, they were asking, for example, about uh, the whole GameStop thing. And she she which is yes. a wild story, <clears throat> has a lot of angles. And she leads off with noting that Janet Yellen is the first woman to be the Treasury Secretary. You know, that's, right. that's not relevant to the question or the issue. No. Um, but it's it, in it, their it world. It is. That in their world, they think that right. trumps it all, so to speak, without saying that. But that that's the most important thing. You'd constantly hear that with Governor Amundo. It's a different approach. They constantly want to be congratulated for the first appointment of this, the first appointment of that. Donna Perry, as someone who you've worked in both uh, media and politics, what do you think th this article that came out? saying CNN primetime ratings fall back down to earth. What do you think over the next few months for, first of all, CNN is doing fantastic though, but CNN, MSNBC, Fox has fallen off. Fox does have some different issues. You know, news yeah. and what America kind of picking at them a little bit. So they're the only ones with kind of new competitors. And again, Newsmax, One America, they're, they're not a, a tremendous force against Fox, but when you add those two up together, 
you know, they siphon away. But what do you think happens with the cable news battle well, over the next um, few months? The thing is, it's not surprising. And I think CNN, John, they, and I will give Trump this. He said way early on, I'm really good for your business. And he was, yes, like many things right. he said, he was, he was right like on way the money. ahead of the truth. Yeah. Look, um, CNN, really more than anyone, they built the past four years around these hyped up, you talk about inflammatory breaking news headlines, John, and everything was just stomp on anything that was coming out of Trump's White House. They would jump out with these like his searing hysterical criticism. And then the live shot, Caitlin Collins, just, you know, pounding it on. Uh, uh, whether it's Tapper and Blitzer, Anderson Cooper. I mean, you know, that's by design. I think it came from the top by the president, Jeff Zucker, who personally had this animosity with Trump. Um, And I just think you will over time, you will, when they don't have Trump to just be like, you know, really run at it, you know, down the road, the way they, their style all day long. I mean, I think there's no question. I think a lot of people get turned off by that. It be, it just, anyone, you can be a moderate person. It completely looked one-sided. They overdid it. And I think yeah. their rate and the ratings and will drop. So right. guess who is more excited than ever than anybody is the media that there will be the impeachment trial. They're clinging, John, they want, that gets them through yeah. two weeks of February. <laughs> so It does. And one last story we're going to touch on, but it is, it's something to watch. And he's really an amazing guy. David Portnoy, many years ago, started Barstools. It was just a website. It has grown. He was, he's raised over $30 million to give to small businesses. He's also, during the pandemic, he became hmm. Davy Day Trader. And uh, there he was leading the charge with, um, with GameStop. But this article, The Rise of the Barstool Conservatives, we'll talk about it later. But it's something to watch because this is someone, you know, by the way, he did a fantastic interview with President Trump, who at first was really guarded. And then when he President mm. Trump, this was uh, during the summertime, when the president relaxed, he should have done more with the guy because Portnoy, he really connects. It's something to watch. It's just the first time I've seen it described as the barstool conservative. It really strikes a nerve. Both of us have children in college. I guarantee you. My niece and all the kids at Boston College are wear bar schools. All the kids at Hofstra, your all yeah. the colleges are familiar with it. And it's something to watch. Donna Perry, I mentioned your article earlier. How can people read your great work? Thank you. So they can, I always post it on my Facebook page, Donna Perry. I tweet it out at Donna Perry, M-A-1, and it is thesunchronicle.com. All right, folks, she's Donna Perry, The Sun Chronicle. DJ, great job. Great Stay stuck. safe and we'll talk. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies you can depend on. On MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today, MEGA Logistics, 401 431 2300.